Welcome back. Smoking Joe's Driving Range Woo-hoo! right here on yeah. CBS Sports Radio 650 AM. Hopefully the pocket square is all tidied up there. Yes, hopefully so. We're good. Yeah, we're looking sharp, even though right. this is radio and you can't see it. Yep, we're doing <laughs> Dan good. Hicks is with us from NBC TV. Dan, so great to have you join us again. Great to have you in our great city. And, you know, Ty- uh, Tiger Woods is the topic before we went to break, but I want to ask you about Phil. How about the resurrection of Phil Mickelson on top of golf? I mean, he's played well, he wins, and he's one of the guys to watch also heading to Masters. It's, it's amazing. And I think that's why golf is, in a be, is, in a, is one of the best spots it's been in and as long as far as I can remember because we, we all kind of wanted this, didn't we? We wanted, we wanted Tiger back where he is, kind mm-hmm. of legitimately back. And golf is always better. Uh, when Phil Mickelson's around. And the fact that he won for the first time in four and a half years in Mexico at that World Golf Championship. And also the fact, we made mention of this in the first round of this Houston Open, I asked the guys that are working with me, I said, because I really believe I have never seen Phil have this much of his game. Now, he has flashes, obviously, where he's Mm -hmm. been able to win tournaments and and all the majors that he's won in the 40-plus PGA Tour events that he's won. But I cannot remember where there's been a more consistent stretch of play from Phil from every club through the bag. Driver through the putter. The guy is second on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. He's, his putting statistics are off the charts. And that's always been a little bit of the thing that's held him back, along with a little bit of a wild driver and some wildness off the tee. But I think he's playing the best I've ever seen him, which is pretty scary to think. Isn't it? Going into the major season that uh, that Phil is, is, is playing like he is. But that it, it's exciting. And uh, who knows, maybe there's a fourth green jacket or maybe a first U.S. Open title. That's the last uh, one of cool. the majors that he's chasing. At age 47, he'll be 48 in June. So it's pretty amazing. Shinnecock fits his game. And now, Tiger. You know, we've been all watching. Everybody, I think, was hoping that what we're seeing was going to happen, and it is happening. But, you know, I watch him, and I kind of feel like it's a whole new tiger. I mean, he seems to be having fun. He's smiling. He's talking to the gallery. He's uh, he's not being as intimidating off the tee with his opponents. You know, when he was back, go back like 15 years when he first came on the tour, you know, he was cold oh, stone yeah. out there, you know. Yeah. What do you see? What's your perspective on the tiger comeback? I see exactly what you described, Joe. I think uh, there's no doubt he's a changed guy. Uh, I even saw it uh, last year when we had a couple uh, moments with him from time to time, uh, most notably at the President's Cup when he also made the comment when asked, do you see yourself in a time in your, you know, of your life here that you may never play golf again? And he said, yeah, I, I, I do see that. I have thought about that. Um, but he's... You know, he's just a, he's more of an engaging guy. And it's funny, I've had a chance to cover probably two of the best, uh, you know, in the history of the sports in Michael Phelps and Tiger Woods. And when Phelps came back to Rio in 2016 for his, what we think, for his final Olympics, it was the same kind of change, noticeable change that, I, that we noticed in Michael Phelps that I think everybody's noticed in Tiger Woods. It's an appreciation of the sport. It's an appreciation of still being able to compete after going through times in your life where you really didn't think that you might be able to get to this point again. And with Tiger, it's been, it's been, it's been health, it's been mental issues, it's been physical issues, it's been everything across the board, personal issues, and the same thing happened with Phelps. I see a definite appreciation for him being back 
And definitely the, the public has picked up on that. You can hear it in his interviews and you mm-hmm. can see it on his face. He's, uh, he's enjoying himself and really appreciating the fact that he has a chance to kick everybody's butt again, which I think uh, really kind of makes Tiger go. It can, inspires the young guys, too. Oh, it's inspiring the whole game. Can I make the assumption no that you're uh, working on your French? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, my, my youngest daughter is a French student, and I will have to pick her brain or at least pick up uh, a few of the, uh, you know, the basic words. But uh, I'm sure you're talking Ryder Cup. Well, that's uh, right. Leslie T. Leslie T. and Mulligan are both like, where is he going with us? <laughs> well, the Ryder Cup this year for the first time is going to France. Going yeah, to be very exciting. It's going to be. Yeah, it's already sold. It was, I think it was one of the earliest sellouts, and the Ryder Cups always sell out. But I think it's one of the um, earliest sellouts in the history of the event. It's going to be obviously it's outside of Paris, and it's going to be has that, that attraction of people wanting to go just because of where it is. Um, and I think that what happened at Hazel Team, um, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever. Uh, you, you go to these things, guys, and it's like you think it's never going to get any better or have we peaked at this event? Have we kind of seen the apex of what it's all about? Uh, and Hazel Team came around, and it was like the loudest I've ever heard a golf course. Uh, the fans were incredible. I think they were res- as respectful as they possibly could be. Um, and so the the anticipation is just off the charts for Paris. So, uh, you know, are we going to see, uh, you know, what are we going to see there? We, you know, I mean, now it's uh, in the ball of uh, ball court of Europe to try to come back after the U.S. one. So um, it's just great stuff. And like I say earlier about the Olympics, the Ryder Cup is the other event that comes to mind that you know going in, it's going to be special. And uh, outside of a couple of blowouts that we've had in there, Every time it's come around every two years, it's been special. Oh, I think the Ryder Cup this year is going to be huge because the European team, I don't know if you're listening, folks, but the Europeans have gotten rather good here. Rory's <laughs> back. Yeah. you got Norrin. You've got uh, Fitzpatrick. you got uh, uh, Fleetwood. you got some young studs yeah, the coming English up. guys. Yeah, there's, the English golfers are just like, including Justin Rose, who's here this week at the, uh, at the Houston Open. Um, the English golfers, uh, you know, there's a guy by the name of Tyrrell Hatton who's kind of a fire plug. He's, uh, you know, anxious to get on the team. And, you know, so it's uh, it's exciting. And Europe is really rounding in the form. Now, again, we're a ways away, but, uh, you know, you've got to get those guys that you think are your best players on the team and playing well to get on the team and qualify and then uh, and then take them into Paris. So uh, it, it's shaping up into another good one, no doubt. Dan, you always keep your composure so well on the booth, but when you're talking about those international events, the Ryder Cup and the Olympics, do you still get that when those men and women compete for their country? Does it still – does the hair stand up on your, on your arms when you feel that com- competitive nature come out? The true competitors, they compete for their countries. No doubt. Uh, when uh, when that when that time is passed, and when I no longer kind of feel that, that's the time to get out of the business. Mm. And I just have not even felt an inkling of that. It's it's special every time, and you know that's one of the reasons I got into sports. It's the best reality show on television, yeah. and I think that's been borne out, uh, especially as television has gotten more and more fragmented. Mm-hmm. Um, sports, live sports, has just become even more premium for. Everybody out there watching, and to be a part of that, to have the best seat in the house, and to work with the people I do, and to document the stories that I do, I, I think that's uh, 
There's nothing more satisfying for me as a professional in this industry than to kind of make people care a little bit more about who they're who they're watching and who they're rooting for. Because if if these were just a bunch of robots who you didn't know anything about mm-hmm. them and you just didn't really, then you don't care about them. When you care about these athletes, that's when you're invested. And then when they come through on the sporting field or wherever it may be and do what they do, that's magic. And to be able to just enhance that experience for everybody is uh, is why I got into this business. It's, there's nothing like it. We're on the phone with Dan Hicks from the NBC golf booth, Olympic booth, and all other sports. Also the Notre Dame football booth. <laughs> Notre Dame had a pretty good year last year, looking good going into this year. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame is, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because every, every year is different than college football or college sports for that matter. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, and, it, and you're talking about 18, 19 year olds. So uh, you never know what you're going to get, and you never know how long these guys are going to stick around. So, uh, but Notre Dame is Notre Dame. I hear it all every year. My wife went there. My wife's uh, brother went there. My father-in-law went there. And uh, now my youngest daughter is uh, getting ready. She's actually, you know, kind of touring some of the college campuses. Oh. And Hannah could not get my two older ones to even take a sniff at Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, so they both went out west. Uh, you know, one day went to USC, the, 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 the rival, and the other one went to Santa Clara. So now my, my youngest is... Uh, Really enjoyed her visit um, to Notre Dame, so who knows? Maybe we'll finally get somebody to go there from the family. Well, everybody, as you're walking down the 18th fairway at the Houston Open this weekend, that little booth there, that's where Johnny and Dan will be. Just wave at them. Don't interrupt them. Just wave. And, uh, Dan, it's always good to have you back in Houston, and always great to have you stop by the Spoken Joe's driving range. Guys, always good to get by Smoking Joe's. Uh, (laughs) It's a... It's a, dare I say it, tradition unlike any other, and uh, <laughs> it's always good to talk to you guys. Take care, and uh, come visit us in that little white shack by the uh, by the water left of 18. We'd love to have you. You We're got there. it, my friend. You're Thanks, the best, man. and have a great Easter. There you go. Dan Hicks, uh, right here yeah, on Smoking Joe's Driving Range, right here on CBS Sports Radio 650.